The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us again today. This morning as we take just a few minutes out of our day to look into God's Word and I hope this time will be an encouragement as you've taken time to be with us. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook or listening to this in the audio format, we're glad you're with us and hope that these few moments will be a help to you. If you're following us, following along with us on your Bible and your tablet or phone, we are in Matthew chapter 23 as we are working our way to the last few chapters of the book of Matthew, studying the life of Christ. Uh, at this point, for the last couple of episodes, we have been discussing uh, this rebuke, this flat-out confrontation that Jesus has been voicing towards the scribes and Pharisees and simply rebuking them for their hypocrisy. He's called them blind leaders. And we're going to jump into really uh, towards the end of this, second to last um, comment he was going to make. This one is really towards the scribes and Pharisees. The next one really kind of leans into Jerusalem, but we're going to look at his frustration. We're going to really see his anger. And by the way, these are religious leaders. They had the truth. They had all the knowledge, but they refused to abide by that knowledge, which by themselves, Jesus has every right to be angry at them, to whom much is given, even more is required from them. And they had the immense amount of knowledge of the law in the Old Testament, but they've chosen to ignore it for their own gain. Uh, which is sad. And by the way, I still believe there are religious leaders, people of head of movements and churches that are still that same way. They have the knowledge, but money and fame and culture, all that has driven them above the truth of Scripture. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that if a church is dying, that means they're doing right. This means that um, when we look at this, the key comes down to not the size of the ministry, the influence of the ministry. What are they doing with God's Word? What are they doing with the truth? Are they adjusting it? Are they twisting it to fit the culture? Or are they following God's commands, God's teaching? Because they know better. So let's look at what he says. We're going to go to chapter 23 and verse 29. As, as we're getting to the end of this confrontation, it just the rebuke just gets stronger. Verse 29, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourself that you are the sons uh, of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. So, and in verse 20, he says one more, verse 33, serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? So let me give a little bit of understanding of what he's referencing here when he talks about them building up um, monuments and adorning them. Uh, it was very much, still happens today, a very much a Middle Eastern practice to where they would make up a monument of a revered person, someone in the past that was, you know, now that history's kind of followed, they they revere him, they respect him, they want everybody to know they revere and respect him, and so they would put monuments up. Statues would be the idea of here in America, and they put up statues and they adorn it, they make it look beautiful, or they put monuments, some kind of monument to recognize that person. Uh, in doing that, they recognize the character of that person, who he was, the influence he or she might have had in their life. And then what they're saying is, you know, because many of the religious leaders of the past were the ones that 
killed the prophets. We're the ones that the people are dead because of them, persecuted and killed them. And they said, we would have never done this if we lived in the day. So they, they build it up. And again, it's all a look. They, they in reality are lying, but in reality, they want everybody. Here's the point. Instead of people seeing the truth, they're creating a narrative. That's a very popular thing today, but it's been like this in the history of all mankind. It's not about what's truth. It's I tell you what to believe. I create the narrative and I tell you what you think. I tell you what I'm doing and how you're supposed to take it. They create a narrative and that's what they're doing. They create a narrative that they would have been better than their ancestors. And Jesus flat out confronts them saying, you know, and I know that that is not true. He uses the phrase that's intriguing. Uh, verse 31, therefore you are witnesses against yourselves. Here, here's the premise. Jesus is stating, because he knows their heart, he goes, you know for a fact that in the same scenario, you would have done the same thing. And here's the reason. These men were literally trying to trip Jesus up to find a justification to kill him. So they're literally doing the exact same thing. And so they had created this narrative, and Jesus is pointing out, listen, you're not only doing what your fathers did, you're you not only would have done it, you are still doing it, and it's going to get worse. And you know it. So you, here's the thing. You know the truth, and yet you won't change. And this is where he jumps. Then he says, um, through sons, um, let me see if I find serpents, verse 33 uh, brood of vipers, pretty strong things. You know, serpents, deceptive. You've been deceptive. Um, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Here's a simple point. You know the truth. You know what the Bible says. You know what the Bible says about the Messiah, about the gospel, about what's coming, and you've chosen to ignore it. How can you, knowing the truth, refusing to make a change, think you're going to escape hell? And by the way, if they did not change their perspective and repent of what they were doing and turn to Jesus, they would end up in hell. I want you to catch this religious leaders, scribes and Pharisees, the religious Jewish leaders of the day, if they had not turned from their ways and repented and put their faith in Jesus, would and still will end up in hell. Anybody who holds a position that is not of the gospel, and I'm not saying that my every position, not my denomination, I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is, if you don't hold the truth of Scripture as it is, how can you escape hell? And the truth of Scripture is grace by faith alone. And that is it, and the truth of what's there. And they would not. They would not change. And he says, now, you're a brood of vipers. You're deceiving others, and it's dangerous, and you're wrong in this area. How do you think you're going to escape hell? Here's the question I would say today. When we know the truth, what are we doing with that truth? If we know the truth, but we won't adapt to it, how do we think, one, how can we believe we're saved? Two, what are we going to do if we truly are saved? Do you think Jesus is going to ignore the fact that we're ignoring truth? It's, such a, it's just something to consider, especially as preachers. It cannot be about me, my position, culture, or what I want my church to do. What does the Bible say, and am I following the Bible? Um, then he continues in verse 34, Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, who you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. So what he's doing now is he's prophesying. 
He's going to send them other people. He's going to send the apostles. He's going to send, you know, Peter, James, John, Paul. He's going to send, and more, and they're going to crucify them. They're going to uh, scourge them in the temple. They're going to fight. In the name of religion, by the way, in the name of what they believe to be truth, as these men will be spreading the gospel of Jesus, they will be persecuted by the temple. And we know this. This is simply most of the book of Acts references this. And the rest of the Pauline epistles are referencing to the church that is enduring this persecution. And he's saying this, and he goes, and their blood will be upon your head. And so this is such a powerful rebuke from Jesus to the religious leaders. And boy, may it be something we look at that, first of all, make sure that we're following people that follow God. You know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's, and here's the key, as I imitate Christ. Do not imitate me because I'm successful or I'm a good speaker or I've got a great personality. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Are, am I following? And then I should be living and embedding into the life of those people the example of Jesus, discipling them, helping them to become more. Find people, put people around you that are that, that are going to love you, that are going to disciple you, that are going to give you truth, and they are going to equip you to further on what you're doing. Put those kind of people around you and make sure you're following those that make the Bible, not their position, not anything else, the Bible, the core of what they hold to. Those are the ones that will encourage you. Those are the ones that help you find a strong and, and free walk with Jesus. And those are the ones that will help you flourish to the best of your ability. Thanks again for joining us on this Thursday and giving me a chance to be part of your day. Uh, we have one more day tomorrow. I'm planning, Lord willing, to have a video for Monday and Tuesday. The key is whether I can get it uh, recorded with everything else as we prepare. Really, I'll be out of the office all next week. So if I can get everything else done for the following Sunday, uh, we'll put it out tomorrow and let you know if we're able to do that. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.